after some technical difficulties, welcome back everyone to another episode of Terrorism Bad, part two of our Far Cry 5 series. Blam, blam, blam. I'm Theo. I'm the same person I was on the other episodes. Hey everyone, good to, good to be here. I'm Alex, resident academic, as always, here to talk video games today. Toothpick here, newly not throwing up. Shout out old Cadbury cream eggs. Shout out to not being sick too. Not being sick is really good. Yeah. Uh, I'm Emmy. I will be hosting uh, part two of this series before I hand the reins off over to, to somebody else. Unfortunately, we do not have Matt back this week. Um, he had to be sacrificed for Toothpick's health. So we are now, uh, the four of us are going to be getting into um, the, sort of the consequences of what happens if you make a game like Far Cry 5 and put it out in the wild. If you have not listened to part one of our Far Cry 5 episode, I recommend you stop listening to this and go do that right now, or none of this will make sense, because we are not explaining the game from the beginning again. Uh, so last week, we spent our time talking about the narrative of the game. We established a few things about what inspired it, and um, all the decidedly unfortunate ways it portrays the the cult. We, we talked a lot about the, the themes. You know, this game wanted to explore what happens to scared people in a world gone mad. And it was inspired by things like 9-11, Cold War, uh, 2008 financial crisis. Um, and it, it understood that when bad, scary, confusing things happen, people make their own mythologies to define their place in it. People in vulnerable positions, maybe when they feel powerless or lonely or afraid or overwhelmed, can really easily latch on to stories and narratives that let them be the hero or let them be part of something bigger. And this game understands that, that there's power in storytelling. And the entire point of the game is the world is a chaotic, uncaring place, and people will seek to reconcile that uncertainty by constructing a new reality that follows a story they understand. Now, what I'm... Um, confused about is how the developers understood that relationship between people and stories enough to make the game, uh, but they didn't understand it enough to know they should not release the game in its current form. So we are now going to talk about what happens when you make compelling cult propaganda and then release it for $60. So the game makes it very clear why characters would be attracted to the preaching of Joseph Seed, um, but they either forgot to consider or conveniently ignored why people might be attracted to the narrative of the game Far Cry 5. We avoided talking about the music last week, but that was the big thing that brought this game to our attention. Anybody want to talk a little bit about what was going on with the music here? Kind of fucking slaps. It does slap. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, I I like it. Like one of the best parts of the game for sure. But Oh yeah. But <laughs> but <laughs> but I mean, this is all you. Bad people. Yeah, exactly. It's a, I'm not not going to lie. It's a little fashy, you guys. Yeah. Um, The music is good. Like, it it bangs. It goes really hard. Uh, but it is extremely and unsettlingly accelerationist and fascist. Um, we may or may not be able to give you a sample of the audio. Um, when I edit this in post, I need to find out what fair use rules are about that. I think this is commentary we're allowed to, but I don't know. Spotify might yell at us. Anyway, there are two songs that stand out the most of a whole album of music that is it's good. And they are Keep Your Rifle By Your Side and We Will Rise Again. Now, at one point, Ubisoft had to turn off the comments on their YouTube videos featuring these songs because they were getting a little bit 
we thought J6 was awesome and we want to do it again in there. And I'll make sure that we read you the lyrics to these songs in a moment. But I thought it would be fun if we just kind of let various internet users in the comment sections of some of the videos featuring this music uh, explain in their own words why they loved the songs from Far Cry 5. So gentlemen, if you all go to the general tab in our Discord, and you can either look at the message I've posted there, or you can click the link to open the document, which is a lot easier to read. I have provided you with a list of YouTube comments from the music from this game. Oh boy. I don't... And if you would all like to take some time... God damn it. Everybody... What? Is this what your brain's like all the time? Yeah, this is what's in here. This is what lives in my head. That's the first one. Yeah, it's the first one. So, uh, Theo, would you like to start (laughs) and read us the first YouTube comment on this document I've so helpfully provided for you all? Uh, God damn it. I'm gonna have an. Anger. Oh, this is the this is the first time we've seen uh, these two. So, so uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah this is, I chose to surprise them with this. These reactions are real. <laughs> so, first comment is uh, Ubisoft. It's a dialogue um, between Ubisoft and another party. Ubisoft says, "Religious Americans with guns are bad." Okay. The other party. Rooftop Koreans replies, are you sure about that? Will you briefly Um, explain what rooftop Koreans are? Yeah, rooftop uh, Koreans refers to um, Korean store owners during the the 1992 Rodney King. So they were defending their businesses with rifles on top of their stores. Uh, There were a bunch of famous pictures taken of them. And it's become a very big thing uh, within kind of like what we were talking about during the American Sniper episode, uh, this sort of law and order paramilitary culture. Uh, It's a symbol of defending private property against looters and rioters. And a lot of bad people love to bring them up. Um, Before I reported on a rally where three different militias uh, came to point guns at high school children this summer. Uh, They were all posting in their Facebook group about rooftop Koreans. And this makes me feel unwell. Yeah, which is especially popular among the boogaloo types to refer to taking up arms to defend private property. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And there was a lot of talk about that during, as as Theo mentioned, during the George Floyd uprising. Yeah, it's also used as a... um like because it's used by the boogaloo movement because it is a useful it's a useful very superficial but nonetheless useful way of trying to somehow uh signal multiracial coalition you know anti-authoritarianism like the i have seen a lot of white boogs say like basically we're not racist because we support the rooftop koreans like that's that's one of their sticks and one of the lyrics to uh the song that they're in the comments of is a Lots of references to protecting your children, defending yourself, defending your values. It's very cool. Would someone like to read the next YouTube comment for me, please? I can go next. Go ahead. If Ubisoft didn't want us to identify with it, then they shouldn't have made it such a banger. Which... I would agree. Valid point. Yeah. Yeah. That is the problem. 
Alex, why don't you go ahead and read the next one? Never played this game, but a meme told me it was a propaganda song. I just listened to the song 20 times today, no exaggeration, and I have to say, whatever this is propagandizing, I want in. A doomsday cult. Cool. Which is a doomsday cult. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a doomsday cult. You are not immune to propaganda. Right. You are not. Hey, Theo, go ahead and read that next one for me. Sorry, I was staring into the void for a second. <laughs> Unironically, listening to this while loading magazines. Oh, good. You fucking dork. Shut up. <laughs> um, this sounds like fetch posting. We're going in a circle. Cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah it's delightful. Yeah, anyone... Go ahead, Toothpick. Uh, yeah. Any other young anti-government activists loading magazines right now? <laughs> <laughs> Whoever wrote this has no idea what they've done, which, like, again, agreed with. Maybe. True. Oh, god damn it, the next one. Oh, no. oh, boy. <laughs> I know. Go ahead, okay. Alex. Uh, replace the great collapse with the great reset, and you get a poignant and relevant message. Oh, boy. Yeah, you do. Oh, no. Who wants to elaborate on that one? Oh, uh, Jesus Christ. Um, I, I've stared at enough of this content that I can go for it, but... Um, so basically in the, in the game, if you remember from part one, the cult keeps talking about something called the great collapse, which they say is basically when everyone rips themselves apart, society collapses and they get to usher in It's basically their version of rapture, right? Like they get to, they start the calling, start killing a bunch of people and believe that they will bring whoever they select into the aftertimes, whether that's heaven or whatever else they believe it might be. Um, in the real world, there is this conspiracy theory that has to do with something called the Great Reset, uh, which has a variety of historical uh, influences, but one of them, but it really got started during the coronavirus pandemic when a whole bunch of people, a whole bunch of conspiracy theorists essentially started thinking that the New World Order slash the, you know, the, the global elite, uh, a lot of times it goes back to the Jews. Basically, the cabal of global elite are actively using the coronavirus pandemic to wipe out large swaths of the population and basically reset the, you know, reset society for a variety of nefarious purposes. Um, a lot of the, a lot of times this has to do with like white genocide conspiracy theories, great replacement conspiracy theories, all of these, all of these narratives that suggest that white people in particular are being targeted by the global elite, uh, for population replacement, population control. And this is one of the ones that's huge, in other countries as well. Like it's yeah, not just limited yeah. to the US. Oh yeah. This is a big one. Now this is in reference. This is a comment um, for the muse, the song uh, We Will Rise Again, which is one of the, the, the cult songs from the game. Uh, and the first verse of that song is In the West shall rise A sinister creed The rich will get what they want Oh God. Yeah. The poor will lose what they need. Sick. The devil knows our fears. He told all his friends they'll block the sun with their lies as darkness descends. Oh Lord, the great. cool 
It's almost like we shall overcome. Oh boy. A, a little bit like that one might say. Like the bizarro we shall overcome. Oh god Theo, damn it. would you go ahead and read the next one for me? <laughs> yeah. Uh oh thank god I get a short one. Uh-huh. I thought I was about to get the next one. Uh <sighs> Fuck. The only game in which I rooted for the antagonists. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Go ahead. God fucking damn it, Emmy. Uh, <laughs> I love how this track is so full of hope. After degeneracy and decadence and... <laughs> they wrote decadence, but they wrote... I think they meant decadence. Uh, bring the end of the world they as tried. we know it. A pure, simpler version of humanity will rise again. Uh, which talking it. about again degeneracy and decadence that's just straight up national socialism like they had yep. an exhibit yep. a museum an art museum in munich showing off uh decadent and degenerate art that was mocked yeah yep this is pure fascism like f- like fresh from the book alex you're up I can't stop crying. This song is just so pure in everything. This makes me think about all my life, all my sins, what I did good and wrong, where is my path, and what I really believe, and I just don't know. I know nothing. The only thing I know is that I would love to be in such a community that is just like this choir. You feel that they all are good friends who really care about, love each other, and they are together to the end of the world and even longer. Why it pains so much? Oh, God. Why it pains so much? That is the question, ain't it? Oh, my God. Why it pains so much? They wrote a song so good that it that it recruited a bunch of people into a fictional cult. Yeah. Speaking of that, uh, Theo, you're up. I cannot get over how this game is honestly a full-on hit in the face on what will happen if we mindlessly trust and follow our leaders without a second thought. Sure, I mean... Sure, I mean, getting taken against your will and stuffed in a bunker isn't really great, but they would have been safe. Honestly, I would totally follow Joseph, because he does speak truth, and he's so uh, dot dot dot, ugh, I can't. Uh, (laughs) So I guess since if you speak truth and are kind of attractive this person will gladly let you stuff them in a bunker oh he's just not kind of attractive according to these people you just gotta have um, the cum gutters it, okay well <laughs> you do yeah unfortunately matt wasn't able to be here for the cum gutter part of the episode but we will get there uh last one toothpick <laughs> you're up just a nice short one this is what we will play during the modern crusade exclamation point so it's all oh, very boy. cool so right after j6 um these YouTube comments were um, locked for a bit because everybody in there was like, I'm going to play this during the next Capitol raid. Um, and that made YouTube a little twitchy. Um, so, you know, this is these are the mild comments that I can share with you over the airwaves without getting put on a list immediately. But trust me when I say that it gets much worse. You know, we gave you a little sample of the lyrics there. Hopefully I'll be able to play you a segment um, and not get in trouble with uh, lawyers. So these songs have taken up particular importance with eco-fascist, boogaloo, and like the Christian identity spaces. The first time I saw them was in um, some eco-fascist propaganda. And I I want us to talk about eco-fascism a little bit here. Alex, would you do us the honor of uh, explaining eco-fascism to the class? Oh, sure. I love this. Great topic. No, you do. It makes me feel not at all existentially terrified. Um, 
But basically, uh, ecofascism is a sort of catch-all term for a variety of different sort of reactionary, um, ecologically centered uh, movements slash communities. Um, the one of the core ones, or sorry, uh, a lot of them sort of stem from this this thread of ecological thought called deep ecology, which essentially like merges misanthropy with sort of old school environmentalism. Um, basically, the entire the entire idea of deep ecology is that humans are the problem and are an insurmountable problem. Uh, human human society in particular, like modern society in particular, is the is the big problem. And so that the only thing that we can do to actually save the world, uh, and the only thing we are morally sort of compelled, uh, uh, compelled to do is attempt to sort of roll back the, the scope of industrial progress in all of its forms. Um, the deep ecology has become pretty influential in certain left-wing spaces, but it has been extremely influential in far-right neo-Nazi spaces where it has been merged with a lot of um, sort of teachings brought straight from the Nazi oeuvre. Um, such as like the back, the, the blood and soil and folkish um, parts of Nazism, the, the agrarian Nazism uh, in particular. Um, for those who, don't, who aren't familiar, Nazis actually, in, in spite of being a heavily mechanized and, uh, and industrial movement, Nazis centered uh, the appreciation of the land um, as part of like, you know, being in touch with the Aryan race. Uh, and, and a lot of um, a lot of Nazi ideology was particularly concerned with protecting, like the the sort of like quintessential agrarian idyllic landscape uh, as as part and parcel of, of like the German identity, um, and so that has become or that has remained popular within like you know modern day Nazi communities while being also merged with some of these new some of these new ideologies like deep ecology. Yeah, and that goes all the way right. back to like classic german romanticism so if you're wondering yeah. why are all these hippies hanging out with all these nazis it's always been like that yeah mm -hmm. yeah like the history of western environmentalism is like a far-right movement yeah. i mean it's an imperial and colonial movement uh westward expansionism in the united states was founded upon these same ideas of like a pure and untamed land that was made for a certain kind of people uh, yeah, yeah, it's that stuff. It's Uncle Ted stuff. We're gonna talk about Uncle Ted in a in a moment here. Oh boy! Um, oh, yeah. Can I can I add so one, one more thing? One more thing here, I think, ahead. is uh, really important to note. Um, like there is so horseshoe theory, as people traditionally think about it, is kind of a misnomer because there's like there isn't really as much unity among the far left and the far right as people like to think. But however, one of the places where there is is in these sort of like hardcore misanthropic environmentalist types. Um, and, and one of the best examples of this is that one of the, uh, presidents of the Sierra club went on to found a hardcore reactionary anti-immigration group. Um, and then another example, for instance, is like the early days of the Sierra club were all about eugenics. Uh, they were like hardcore involved in these efforts to kick native Americans off their land. Like the entire point of national, well, one of the points of national parks in sort of public land in general was to protect land from the savages. Like that is what the United States government thought they were doing. Um, and so Cute. it's, yeah. Alex there is about has, to fight the Bureau of Land Management. I mean, I, I, this is hard for me to talk about because like I'm such a huge proponent of public land. Like I love the national parks with all of my heart, but like, I think it is important for people like me and everyone who loves public land and open space and nature to reckon with the fact that one of the main motivating factors of building it, of making the public land system was to 
do in their eyes what they thought they were doing, which is protecting it from natives and indigenous people. See, that's something that you have to reckon with in general. With yeah. I mean, I'm the same as Alex. I love public land. I am outside in the woods as often as I possibly can. And when you appreciate those things, you have to remember that they belong to someone else. Uh, yeah. yeah. If, if you engage in environmentalism uh, that isn't decolonial in its end goal, then you're going to be pulling from the same source material as these people. Yeah. And that, that kind of happened place. here a little bit. Yeah. Because as far as this game is concerned, uh, despite taking place in Montana, uh, natives don't exist. So... We've talked, you know, we've now heard a little bit of kind of what the music had to offer, which is how I found this stuff in, in eco-fascist spaces. Um, but there is more to why eco-fascists like this game than just the music. Now, one of the features of this game is that whenever you uh, go near a compound or an outpost, uh, you will hear the cult members uh, or one of the heralds, you know, the uh, the the three people that are, are leaders um, right under under Joseph, um, you'll hear them preaching over the loudspeaker. Now, we talked last week about why Jacob Seed in particular is such a frightening character. One thing I didn't get to talk about that I'm going to talk about now is what he says over the loudspeaker, what speech he gave to the cultists that you hear in the game. Now, if I'm even allowed to, I will, I will play it for real. Ancient man were killers. They were tenacious and they were strong. Now what are we? Passive, lazy, weak. Culture and technology hasn't improved us. It's brought us to our knees. If our ancestors could see us now, they would be ashamed. They would be sickened, and they would be angry. We have forgotten where we came from. We have forgotten who we are. No longer. We will become killers. We will become tenacious. We will become strong. We must look to our past when life was simple and hard. Basic survival. That's when we were at our best. You see, the world has become soft, weak. We have sheltered ourselves from every obstacle, danger, and fear. We no longer hunt for our food search for our water or make fire. We're no longer hungry, thirsty, or cold. We're no longer alive. The solution is war. War will bring out our best. War will bring us life. Yeah, that's just, that's free base fascism. <laughs> I don't like that. Yeah. No. That made it into a mainstream video game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I think that brings up kind of the other interesting thing about this stuff, which is that it's tied into another very important part of fascism, which is this cult of like masculinity and machismo mm -hmm. Yeah, that in, oh, in yeah. order to, I'm, uh, one of my favorite podcasts citations needed just did a episode about how, uh, like the red meat industry is really tied into these ideas of colonialism and like became a big thing with westward expansion. Um, and they were talking about how like this emerged mostly as kind of a marketing tactic almost, but this idea that the white man's place within the colonial order is to exert his will over not only society, but also nature. And like, that's kind of 
proof that you are meant to be there is that you can kill animals you can build fires and like even today obviously not as explicitly of a colonial sense but like these are the sorts of things that are seen as traditionally masculine and seen as important yeah yeah it's i mean that's a whole can of worms but oh it is yeah it's it's a warrior male thing right yeah it's so bad Mm -hmm. i mean I liked all this talk about uh, the particulars of technology and industry. Yeah. It's ruining society yeah, and making I mean, it I, weak and soft. Right. I find it especially interesting, too, because I, like, personally, generally, am pretty, like, anti-technology. I mean, not in, like, the – not in, like, a primitivist sense. But, yeah, I, I don't over think here. that a lot of the tech. Yeah, not not in the full Uncle Ted way. <laughs> Friend of the pod. Uh, but more of like a soft, yeah, like a soft Luddite, I'd guess. <laughs> I guess you'd say. And like seeing it here, I don't know. It's just weird. It's weird. It makes me feel weird. Well, if you're anything like me, you know, when you heard the music for this game, um, your first thought was, what the fuck? So the music was written by... Dan Romer, who by all accounts is a normal guy. And believe me, I checked. I did full background (laughs) on this guy to make sure that he was not into some weird stuff because he wrote straight up fascist propaganda music that was then turned around and used by a variety of fascists and accelerationists in their own materials. To the point that I did not know it was from a video game for like six months after hearing it because it was so completely on brand um, for the types of things I was seeing. So he did an interview uh, with NPR and if you'll recall last week, I read you a lot from the book of Joseph, which was the uh, the cool Bible that they wrote for the cult in the game. And uh, Romer told NPR, they wrote a Bible for the cult and they gave it to me. And they're like, absorb this. We want 10 songs that they would sing as their hymns. So these are songs that are used for two things by the cult. They're used for brainwashing purposes and recruitment purposes. So I was trying to write songs that make you want to join the cult. Not saying they would be like, this cult is so evil, we're so bad. These are meant to be real world. Like, hey, check out how great it is over here. We all love each other. The rest of the world is so horrible. You know? One of the most harrowing and poetic things in their Bible was the idea of the Great Collapse. And I have a song that I wrote about that. So he, unfortunately, really understood the assignment and turned around and made a really great album that is really good for for recruitment purposes and using music for for Nazi purposes is not new. Um, at some point, we'll have to talk about the metal scene and vaporwave and all the other fun things going on with Nazi musicians. People, I feel like the people who made this made it in a way where to them these things they're portraying in the game are fictional. I mean, unless we want to, you know, I feel like it's a big if to say like this was intentionally made for this purpose. But like I would to agree them, with that, yeah. you know, this isn't. Yeah, it's not like a real thing out in the world. There's like a few people that they think, oh yeah, those crazy people. They probably believe this stuff. But like these are large movements, and even when they're not large movements, they're very dangerous movements. And they're treating oh, it yes. like fictional. Yeah, like they think of it in the same way that you would make music for like a Star Wars movie. Like yeah, these guys aren't real. Yeah, I, I problem is they are right. I think that I mean that that goes to the, the one of the core issues with modern day like AAA big budget game development, which you know is that like Ubisoft has said as much that they choose these topics because they know that it will, and they're like I, I'm pretty sure they've used the phrase like spark discussion or some shit like 
they they want it to be an event that is talked about and they want people to be attracted to these games because they deal because they address some sort of hot button topic but they also steadfastly refuse to take a political position on that and they call their games apolitical constantly that's all they do they spend most of their pr you know energy just talking about how their games that are clearly political aren't political um i that might be malicious. They might be, I mean, it might be malicious beyond just this, you know, the, the sort of inherent malice of a capitalist enterprise like Ubisoft is. But even if it's not malicious, the problem is when you have a game that deals with a hot button issue in a way that refuses to take a stance, what you're doing, what they are doing intentionally is trying to build a game that is sort of like a, you know, a, a color inside the lines, make it your own sort of thing because that sells copies. But what happens is that everyone can color inside the lines and everyone can get what they want out of it. And that includes the, the Nazis and the Boogs and those people. So then the next problem is those people who have the loudest voices start restricting that like possibility space of what the game can mean. And they start setting the narrative. If Ubisoft is not talking, if Ubisoft refuses to set the narrative about what the game means, the Nazis are going to start doing that. Oh, yeah. And the thing, the other thing I want to point out about Nazis here is that most of them aren't very talented. Um, most of them are not great musicians. They are not, you know, great at 3D rendering. The most Nazi propaganda is really dog shit and not very persuasive. When they make good ones, that's really alarming because all of a sudden they have the potential to actually recruit more people instead of being laughed out of the space. So when a, a company as um, big and powerful as Ubisoft creates content for them that requires very little manipulation to completely uh, alter the meaning of it, they are uh, they are solving the age old problem of Internet Nazis, which is like they don't usually have a super strong ability to recruit for themselves because they aren't good at anything. And they hired a professional musician to make cult propaganda that Nazis now can use as their own propaganda. And yeah. all you have to do is slap this song over footage of like a boog rally or um, some eco-fast symbology, like any of those things. And you are off to the races. And like Dan Romer is like a normal, talented uh, musician. He just composed the uh, score for the new Pixar movie, Luca. Oh, shit. Yeah, that was him. Like, he's he's a perfectly fine and normal composer. And unfortunately, he's a little too good because they gave him materials that they weren't fully prepared to to deal with the implications of. It's the worst. <laughs> yeah, it's not that you should make a game portraying these things. And hopefully we'll get into some portrayals that don't do fucking awful, terrible things later on. Um, but you don't have to make them look so fucking good. And yeah. So cool. Yeah. Yeah, we are not the censorship police over here. Yeah, that's kind of the inherent problem with portraying these things in video games, though, because video games are, you know, most of the time, especially like an action shooter game, is a power fantasy. So your enemies have to appear powerful and cool, that way you feel powerful and cool. It's like the problem with Wolfenstein, a game with exponentially better politics surrounding the far <laughs> right within yes. at least its story yeah. than this like yeah. the politics of wolfenstein are good i enjoy turning all the nazis in it into little chunks of flesh but mm -hmm. you still see wolfenstein stuff in propaganda 
pretty all the often time. because of this problem. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of my, my research circles around how the different ways video games are used in Nazi propaganda, which sounds like a very niche uh, field. Uh, I regret to inform you. Um, it's a lot. And the uh, Wolfenstein is a great example of a very particular type of appropriation where you can remove the images from the game. No, you don't have to have played the game. You don't have to know anything about Wolfenstein to see the footage of the Wolfenstein Nazis marching. And looking very cool to cool music and be like, damn, those Nazis kind of look cool. Like, you don't have to know anything about the game to do that, which opens it up to a whole audience of like, here's this ready-made propaganda that all we have to do is like microwave and serve and we're good to go. It's kind of what Far Cry 5 did where they like, I mean, it, it references the themes of Far Cry 5. But if you haven't played Far Cry 5, which I hadn't when I first encountered this material, they are they made the thing for you. You just need to put it out there. It is so it, and it's so wildly irresponsible that neither within the content of the game that is removable from the game, right? Like you can always take the music out of the game. You can always take cutscenes out of the game without having the person have to know about the game to get them. But even within the game, they we talked about this last week. They didn't ever talk about why these things are bad. Like at no point in the game were they like, oh, by the way, it is wrong to cull the weak. Like <laughs> just at no point did they they, right. they just. They let the cult win and they let the cult's ideas stand unchallenged. Yeah. yeah. When you when you report on propaganda that you found or misinformation, there's a reason you put a giant X across it usually. <laughs> if you're right. or you block out pertinent information. Um, and when creating art like this, one has to imagine how does this appear devoid of any context? How can this go on and be reiterated by others? Yeah. And I mean like I, I wanna say too that like what we're advocating here is not for no video game to address difficult themes or to use Nazis in a certain way. Like I think, I think Wolfenstein, you know, Wolfenstein is a good example of what you should be doing if you do take on these topics. Like they, you know, in the run up to the release of the latest Wolfenstein game, the the like Bethesda, a giant company, was putting out marketing materials that were literally gifts saying "punch Nazis." Like that's yeah. like like uh, Theo was saying. Um, we, you know, that's infinitely better politics than than you know the the politics within far cry 5 but the problem is like if you are going to choose to take on difficult topics like including nazi you know including uh nazis in a way that makes them look badass in your game you need you have a moral obligation to make the effort outside of the game or in the game or you know in any capacity that you can to make it clear uh, and to push back against possible co-optation um, of of those images and, and videos from your game. Yeah, to be clear, I mean, one of the things that is uh, so obvious about, about right-wing movements is that right-wing movements in general are largely aesthetic. It has a lot to do with looking cool, acting the part, um, you know, LARPing, if you will. And even in cases where the game's politics are good, such as in Wolfenstein, where Killing the Nazis are the bad guys, objectively. There are still going to be people in the comment sections who are like, man, I wish I could play this game as the Nazis. And not because they're stupid and didn't get the point of the game, but because to them it, it is about the, the spectacle. It is about the images um, that are most important to them more more than the theme. So that, 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 that visual rhetoric is, is more persuasive to them than the, than the verbal rhetoric. And when you're, when you're thinking about that with something like Far Cry 5, well, boy, did Far Cry 5 just give these people a gift basket with their 
with their eight with their apolitical game about difficult concepts that we have no interest in actually exploring. Yeah, just like Alex said, we're not here to be the people that are like, oh, you can't talk about difficult uh, topics in your media because it could could inspire bad things, right? Like, I am not one of those people who's going to be telling you that, like, uh, violent video games should be banned because they inspire shootings. Like, no, no. But, you know, when your when your game leaves itself open to particular interpretations, and then you, the company, Ubisoft, say, hey, for the next game, we're going to let you play as the bad guy. <laughs> oh, and for the sequel to this game in which the cult won... Uh, you get to just hang out with Joseph Seed. It it really blurs the lines there, doesn't it? At that point, it, it is it is so obviously unethical. And the thing is, I know Ubisoft knows because they had to turn off the comments on their YouTube videos. <laughs> like they they know what the kind of things that their their game has inspired. They have to know the ways that their media is being used. Shit's bad. It is bad. It's really bad. And I wish they would. I wish. I wish I, I wish I could come to you and say that Ubisoft is learning. Um, they aren't. <laughs> they are not. Not even a little bit are they learning. Now this is a little bit of a pivot here. I promised. I promised our, our dear listeners a glimpse into the fandom of Far Cry Five because there is a mostly not Nazi group of people that are very into the game. They might be now, Nazis. Now, there was a point. They might. Some of them are Nazis. Um, I, I took a... I'll explain that in a minute. There was a point where I was going to make all of you read bits of Far Cry 5 fan fiction I found. And as bad as it was, I do feel kind of guilty about making fun of people's writing, no matter how terrible and horny on the podcast. However, I do delight in ruining the day of my co-hosts. So I did ask all of you to look through the Far Cry 5 tag on Tumblr instead and let me know what you found. If everybody would refer to the group chat for a moment and click on that that link I sent out. If not, I will send it again. Oh god, no. Did you not look through this yet, Alex? No, this is not, I'm I'm coming in fresh to this. I refused to go onto Tumblr before I absolutely had to. <laughs> oh wow! They really just. Uh, so how's everybody doing? <laughs> oh, no. I'm going to share. Um, I'll describe my favorite and share a link with y'all. But it is a uh, picture of Jacob Seed, the veteran military guy who brainwashes the PC, uh, and it says, "Jacob is the second character ever that activated my praise kink." <laughs> Oh, boy. So I regret to inform you all that in preparation for this. I I spent a lot of time on the the cool website, Archive of Our Own, just trying to get a sense of what Far Cry 5 fans were, were up to. Um, I will let you know, it is exactly what you expect. However, there was also some explicitly Nazi stuff in there that I'm going to have to investigate later. Um, people were straight up writing like white supremacist fan fiction involving uh the seeds which was something i've like managed to avoid in my my journeys into bad internet places until today so i decided to just uh, inflict upon you sort of the mild version of that which is just the far cry 5 tag on tumblr now remember if you are not logged into tumblr then you are only seeing the safe for work stuff oh, um, shit. it gets it gets worse How do I turn uh, that if off? you 
It gets worse I'm if ready. you are logged I'm in. I'm ready to... I thankfully do not have a Tumblr account. I guess I'll remain safe for now. I like how, like, all the art style of this stuff. It reminds me of, like, like bad 90s comic art. Mm-hmm. Like, Cable or, like, 90s X-Men where everyone's body proportions were just, like, insane. It's just super horny, too. But it's, like... Yeah. It's... Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, this yeah. is bad. At some point, we're going to talk this is about... Like Nazi slash fiction and the queer mm-hmm. stuff. Do we have to? We do. Yeah, we do have to. We're gonna have to. Not now, uh, but at some point, hopefully, we can get a guest to help with that. Now, would you tell me a little bit about what you're what you're all seeing on this page? I have sent you to people. Uh, they they want to fuck the cult. It's a lot I of think. horny. They want to get high yeah. on bliss and then fuck the cult. They, they want to do it so bad. Yeah. yeah. This is, yeah. this is, this seems, mm. <laughs> I no broke one. Them. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Did you see the one I no, just said? Wow. Which one did you, hang no, on, let me open it up. At one of, I'm looking at one of Jacob's seed with a wolf and it says, you are meat. <laughs> no. Cute. Oh, thank you oh. for that one. Toothpick. <laughs> oh, wanna... no, it's also a Supernatural fan. <laughs> oh, Do you want to describe is. what that meme is, Emmy? <laughs> uh, yeah, so it is, um, it's quoting the, the things that the occult members say to you when you get kidnapped. So you're being hunted, you've been marked, and welcome to the bliss. And it has a reaction image that says, in conclusion, my dick hard. <laughs> oh, man. It's just worse the longer I scroll. I see something new every time I open this tag. Do we a lot want- of this is, a lot of this oh. just is like kind of sad. A lot of it is yeah. deeply, deeply sad. Like people who are just clearly very much searching for some meaning and purpose. <laughs> and they found it in being very horny for these fake cult people. But a lot of the, a lot of it is like Joseph seed would give me meaning and stuff. It's like very like existentially anxious and depressed. Well, some, of it, like, some of them are straight up like LARPing as cult members. Yeah. Like this, this is the first time I've seen an ask blog in a very long time. Back in the day, if you were on Tumblr, people would make blogs in the names of their favorite fictional characters and people could ask them questions and then they would answer as that character. And it was like a big deal um, if you were online in like between like 2012 and I don't know, 2016, 2017, maybe. Um, and I haven't seen it in a while because I'm normal now and healthier than I used to be back in the day. And... um it came back for this. So there are multiple blogs with like answering questions as uh, Joseph Seed, and it's all it's all this like people like, people are asking them all kinds of like, like giving them like confessions and like questions that are probably better off for a therapist. And people are like answering as uh, as the seeds. It's like a full network of people just completely role playing as the cult. It's so nuts. Yeah. I found it's so wow. it's just it's, so horny. Yeah. It is so horny. Um 
Do we want to rape this now with our spray bottles? Yeah, I feel like we probably should. Yeah, I'm going to close all these tabs forever. I'm going to nuke my history. Yeah, <laughs> I might just nuke my computer. I might just throw this whole thing into the ocean. Yeah, technology um, was a mistake. Give it the old Hope Techno- County maybe, you, treatment. Right, you know what? Now that I think about it, Jacob Seed might have had a point with that whole technology was a uh, makes us weak thing. Um, because I've now seen what technology has done. I mean, and you don't have I to would, give it to I him. Would, I, well, <laughs> I mean, people were already giving it to him in the tags, if you get what I'm saying. But anyway, that's going to be a five out of five for me. Like, that was perhaps the worst you could have done that game. And it had real world, like, material consequences of people making uh, really successful yeah. and persuasive propaganda out of it. In a, in a way that I don't think I've, I've seen for any other piece of media. Um, and I, I, I look at a lot of media. So yeah, five out of five for me. Terrible. Somebody should have to answer to somebody for this. Theo just left us, but Theo texted me. <laughs> also five out of five spray bottles. I'm going to agree, um, especially because this was such a high production and so much money went into this. Someone could have said something at any point. Did not. Yeah. At any point, this could have been stopped like 10 times over. Somebody could have been like, hey, this seems like a bad idea. Yeah, I'm going to give it a five out of five, too. Uh, This was the most this is the most dangerous video game I've encountered that wasn't at least openly and explicitly malicious. Um, It they should have known they're a multi-billion dollar company. They should have known there were a lot of warnings beforehand, too. I was in the games press during the run up to the release of this game. They had warnings. People warned them. We told them. you, bro. Yeah. We, we fucking told you. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. Woo. All right. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to, uh, I guess, what is it? Episode four, part two of the Far Cry 5 uh, episode. Heck yeah. We have, we've had a lot of miserable fun here. Hope you enjoyed. I'm Emmy. I, you can find me on Twitter at GamerGirlWrites. I'm Alex. You can find me on Twitter at Alex B. Newhouse. I'm Toothpick. Don't find me. <laughs> toothpick, toothpick isn't real. Toothpick doesn't exist. Toothpick a is a Discord bot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can find our podcast on Twitter as well at Terrorism Bad Pod. If you are listening to this, presumably you already found our podcast, but we are available anywhere podcasts are normally found. Spotify, Apple Music, the works. You can also check us out on anchor.fm slash Terrorism Bad. Uh, sometime soon, we are going to be doing a little Q&A interlude. That'll be a, a fun little break from kind of the normal shit. Please be normal. I cannot express how much I need you to be normal about it. We will see you all next week. Signing use our, off. Use our hashtag, hashtag terrorism bad. And if you have feedback, send it to Ted Cruz. <laughs> yeah, don't, t- please do not send any feedback about the podcast to me or any of my co hosts. Um, one, we don't care. Two, we don't do any of this. Like, this is Ted Cruz handles all of our editing, all of our comms. It's all him. So you just send it, you can either send it right to his congressional office or. Um, you can just tweet at him at send Ted Cruz. It's, it's all very good and cool to do that. Now, if you have positive feedback, please leave a review, um, on whatever platform you are listening to us on and you can tweet nice things at us. We like when people tweet nice things at us. 
Yeah. Okay, bye. That's a podcast. We did it. I mean, we can we can still aim to publish the this one next Friday. Um, I like I like a Friday release if we. And they weren't especially talented. It's like Mary Kate and Ashley, but if they were Nazis. <laughs>